Cisco Live US 2016 Recap. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the ZigBits Network Design Podcast, where zigabytes are faster than gigabytes. We strive to provide real-world context around technology. I'm Michael Ziga, also known in the community as Zig, and I am your host. I'm really excited by the community's overwhelming positive feedback from just the first two episodes of the ZigBits Network Design Podcast. In addition to the outstanding positive feedback I have received, the community's support by the number of subscribers to the show has over-exceeded my personal expectations. I am so humbled by the response the community has given to this show. It brings a level of excitement for what the future holds in store for this show. In addition to creating and scheduling and developing new content for the main portions of each show, what I have started calling or terming the meat and potatoes of the show, I've also been focusing on a number of podcast-specific tasks over the last couple of weeks, keeping in mind that for me, this is a huge learning curve, the, the podcast side of things, not the technical side of things from a design perspective, networking perspective, but a podcast-specific technology and workflow perspective. These things include extending the show's reach on social media, creating a number of feedback workflows, realizing what I am and what I'm not, and then finally getting better at audio editing. So extending the show's reach on social media. So as I'm sure a lot of people have already figured out, you can you can follow the ZigBits brand on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash ZigBits. Now, in addition to following the show and the brand on Twitter, you can now follow ZigBits on LinkedIn by searching for the ZigBits company page. I will include the direct link in the show notes to the ZigBits company page. If you want to keep up to date, on all ZigBits content, that's the news, updates, and recommendations, please feel free to follow us on both Twitter and LinkedIn. Now, creating a number of feedback workflows, I realized pretty quickly after the first two episodes that I needed to start figuring out how to get your feedback, your questions, and your comments into the show itself. Let's face it, this is highly important, and it's something that has been on my mind for some time now. I've come to the initial conclusion that for right now, we're, we will just have a simple email alias that you can send your inputs into the show. Now, these inputs can be positive feedback, negative feedback, an idea for a show. If you want to be part of a show yourself, that's all valid feedback. Now, I totally understand that this isn't live feedback. This isn't during the show as the show is happening, but at least this is a start down that 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 path, right? It's progress. The email address that we will be using for this is feedback at zigbits.tech. And once again, that's feedback at zigbits.tech. In addition to the email feedback workflow that I've described just now, I've been pondering an idea of running another Slack group for but for the Zigbits brand. I do say another because I am already in seven Slack groups. And I don't know about you, but today I honestly can't keep up with all of the communications between these Slack groups. I do see the benefit of Slack, and I actually really do like it, just not the constant notification and influx of missed messages every time I walk away. Now, enough ranting on Slack. I would like to ask you if you would like to have and would use an official ZigBits Slack group for constant communication. If the answer is yes, please send an email to feedback at zigbits.tech saying so. 
I will gather all the feedback messages and decide if it's a good idea based on the interest provided. Realizing what I am and what I am not. Probably one of the most important items that I have been working on is understanding what I am and what I am not. In the beginning of the first two episodes of the ZigBits Network Design Podcast, I don't believe I'm being myself. I'm being more like a bad radio DJ. I've realized this. I've got some feedback from others in the community. From now on, I'm going to try something different with this episode and and future episodes. Now, keep in mind, it's going to take me some time to figure out what feels right for me and what I believe is also right for you. Getting better at audio editing. The final item that I have been focusing on is a general understanding of audio editing. I really had no understanding from the beginning of wanting to do a podcast on network design how much work audio editing really was. Since starting the, the podcast, I've realized that there's a, there's a huge learning curve that I have to go through to really understand audio editing and really give the show the productional value that it deserves. Now, I have been using two other podcasts specifically. I've been following two other podcasts on podcasting. The two primary shows I've been following are the Podcast Answer Man by Cliff Ravenscraft and the Audacity to Podcast by Daniel J. Lewis. These two shows have been hands down best shows to help me understand podcasting, professionalism, productional value, and really just just going through the basics all the way up to the, the advanced level of how to run a show, how to deal with audio editing, and how to deal with workflows, putting in music and sound effects if you want, a whole number of questions are answered by these two shows. So once again, that's the Podcast Answer Man by Cliff Ravenscraft. And that's podcastanswerman.com. And then the Audacity to Podcast by Daniel J. Lewis. And that is theaudacitypodcast.com. And I will have them both in the show notes of this episode, which you can find on zigbits.tech slash CLUS 16 dash recap. In addition to listening to these two amazing and helpful shows that I mentioned a minute ago, I have been watching a good amount of YouTube videos on podcasting, really trying to embrace how to properly run a podcast. I'm still working on the basics, and it is time-consuming, much more time than I thought it was going to be, but I am committed to this show. I'm committed to this community. Every episode that I publish is going to get a little bit better, if not more than that, And you're going to get a different level of quality, a different level of performance and uh, productional value than the previous episode. So those are the four things that I've been working on outside of the the real meat and potatoes of the show. Again, that was extending the show's reach on social media. So now we're on LinkedIn and we were on Twitter. Again, that was twitter.com slash Zigbits. And if you go to LinkedIn and you search for Zigbits, you will find the Zigbits company there. And again, we will share all podcast episodes and all blogs updates on both of those social media avenues the second thing was creating a number of feedback workflows and the first one really is an email feedback workflow you have questions you have comments positive negative you want to be a part of the show email feedback at zigbits.tech again that was feedback at zigbits.tech realizing what i am and what i am not obviously i want to be in i want to be real with everyone that's listening I don't, I don't want to be, 
a different person than I am in my life. I want this to be a real show and I want you to connect and I want to connect with you. So really determining who I am and what I am and what I'm not has been a big part of the last few weeks. And I want I want to make sure that I'm not becoming something that is not what I should be. And then the last thing was getting better at audio editing. Really doing a lot of research, playing around with the different audio editors out there and understanding all the technical terminology and background on audio editing to get to the meat and potatoes of the show, like I like to call the meat and potatoes. So this show is on Cisco Live US 2016, and it really is a recap of some of the things that that I personally went through, both personal and, and professional, during Cisco Live US 2016. Now, I have to say this from the beginning, that Cisco Live US 2016 was by far one of the best Cisco Lives I have had the opportunity to attend. Hands down, Cisco really took a huge step in making Cisco Live US 2016 amazing. They raised the bar. That's really what it comes down to. They really raised the bar. High-level agenda real quick. So today's agenda is, the first one is looking forward to. We're going to go over everything that I was really kind of looking forward to going to Cisco Live US 2016. Once we get through all that, we're going to go to my Cisco Live US 16 session schedule, just kind of go through what I decided to do, uh, my kind of take on the sessions and, and opinions and views on, you know, filling your session up or, or kind of leaving it open and so forth. The third item we're going to go through is kind of a the CCDE slash network design specific sessions. So I'm going to have a section that are related to network design that I would say that, you know, hey, if you have a chance to take these, these would have been good ones, right? And then the fourth item is going to be Cisco Live US 16 top sessions. So I'm going to give out a three to five list session list. And these are going to be the top sessions that I would recommend from the entire Cisco Live experience for Cisco Live US 16. Number five is going to be Cisco Live US 16 top presenters list. So once again, kind of the same concept as the top sessions. We're going to list off three to five top presenters for the entire Cisco Live session at that time period. And finally, we will wrap up the show and close things out. Looking forward to, I was highly looking forward to Cisco Live US 2016. This was a big deal for me for a number of reasons. Now I'm recording this almost, I'm almost a month before Cisco Live US 2017. My point of view on all of this was trying to do it back then during Cisco Live US 16. So I, I hope my point of view doesn't confuse anyone trying to make it make sense. My point of view is during Cisco Live 16 and at the end, and, and I'm going to reference it in the past. There was a lot of reasons where I really, really was looking forward to Cisco Live 16, US 16. So again, I'm going to say Cisco Live, but I'm, I'm referencing Cisco Live US 16. In case anyone didn't know, everyone that's listened doesn't know, I, I imagine a lot of people did know, but Cisco Live 2016 for the U.S. was hosted in Las Vegas, Nevada last year. I had been to Vegas one other time before uh, Cisco Live last year, but not for work, not for a conference, a much different reason. So about nine years ago at the time of Cisco Live U.S. 2016, my wife Julie and I drove to Vegas from Oceanside, California to get married. Now, we did this before my next, my, my second deployment to Iraq, as I'm sure most of you could only imagine what it would mean to, for us to come back to Vegas after almost nine years of us getting married in Vegas. You know, for us, this is a really big step. We, we had the opportunity. We, we really thought about it. We discussed it. We then ran 
through the financial numbers to see if we could actually swing it. And then once we verified that we could financially afford to make the trip happen, we booked it. For us, this trip was a chance to complete a full circle in our nine years of our marriage. You know, that it's a, a lot happens in nine years of a marriage. To go to Vegas and get married and then nine years later to come back, that's, that's a pretty big deal, right? So we really like the idea of going back and, and kind of finishing or having that full, complete circle. We have a chance to remember the beginning of our relationship, reflect on where we are now, and to ponder or to think about the journey that really we've taken together over the nine years. So this was a big deal for me and my wife. We decided to arrive a few days early so we could spend some time together before the conference started. Uh, this was great for us. It gave us a great opportunity to spend some quality time together and have some fun before I was pulled into the, you know, the nerd awesomeness that takes place at Cisco Live. We all know what that is, right? Just there's so much stuff going on during Cisco Live that we wanted to have some dedicated days before or after Cisco Live to really kind of connect with one another, remember the past, remember the journey that we've gone through so far, and really have a good time. And we, we were able to spend some quality time together. We did a lot of stuff uh, on the strip. We walked the entire strip up and down. We went to a lot of different places, uh, different shows. That, that was a lot of fun for us. Now, we, we stayed at we stayed in a suite. We actually were able to get a suite at Mandalay Bay, which was honestly amazing. Um, and I will include some of the pictures from our room in the show notes because they really are stunning, at least from my perspective. They, they were pretty stunning. I really liked the view we had in the suite. It really lived up to what my expectations were of the suite and of the view of the, the strip itself. And I have a few day pictures, and then I have a, few, a couple night pictures, too, that I'll add into the, the show notes. And once again, the show notes can be found at zigbits.tech slash clus16-recap. So another thing that I was really looking forward to at Cisco Live US 2016 was meeting the core group of guys from my CCIE RNS study group. This was something that was seriously something really, really important that I look forward to. Uh, for our study group, we became more than just friends. It, we More than just someone you study with or throw technical questions at, we really became what I like to call a family. My CCIE family is what I like to call it. We know more about each other than most of our other friends in our lives. Most days of our CCIE journeys together, we spent more time talking to one another than to our families. Now, I'm sure our wives were tired of us talking about each other. I know mine was at times. It's all I talked about was Stephen did this, Kyle did that, and Chad said this. I mean, Stephen, Kyle, and Chad, we really, and I, myself, we really spend so much time together in different labs and different WebEx sessions and chat, really just going over things back and forth and helping each other out. It really was a, a good... uh relationship partnership we had a common goal and we really bonded this this kind of environment right this there's a bond formed in such an environment and situation that i'm describing here and this bond this bond far goes far beyond a journey for an expert level certification in my mind it's a bond bound by the journey but not restricted by it when you take a small group of highly technical people with one specific focus and the necessary drive, the determination, and the dedication to a unique common goal, 
this is what is formed. And I really believe it's a lifelong bond that is never ending. I honestly talk to these guys almost every day still. Our work lives kind of get in the way here and there, but these guys are like a support system. And again, I, I they're like a family outside of the family. Now, an aside here, I, I go into some detail and I recommend, I, I mentioned our, our study group and the bond we had. Anyone that's pursuing an expert level certification, in my opinion, should join a study group. You, you need this technical support system. Maybe not, and most likely not to the level that we had in ours, but you need a group of people with common goal, bouncing technologies off of one another, labbing together, troubleshooting together, you name it. You really need that support system. And it's a little it's a different support system than your family at home, right? I mean your your family at home is gonna be supportive from an emotional standpoint. They understand the goal, they understand what it means for your career, they understand what it means for financially for your your, your future. But they don't really understand what's involved from a technical perspective. They don't understand how much information you have to learn. digest. It's not just learn it. You have to digest, understand it, theory, and and implementation side of the house. And really be able to push past the theory and the implementation. And really be able to deploy it with other technologies that you're learning at the same time. In my mind, it's a very different support structure it's really a different it's not the same support structure as your family i mean it's your family is important uh your 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 family is a pillar and i would say a study group is another pillar right um you really need that 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 group of technically sound people to bounce these ideas off of And, and and i have to say this when i'm just just to be fully clear here as well i'm not saying join a group like this to use as a shortcut or a way to cheat the system I'm specifically saying to join a group like this to maintain motivation, drive, dedication, and commitment to the same goal. Everyone in your group has that same goal. It's not like someone in your group doesn't have that goal and you're never really talking to them. If everyone in that group has the same goal and you have the same drive and motivation and dedication and commitment to that same goal... You will all achieve your goal over time. You will all mentor and guide and help and assist. You'll be more more willing to assist because it helps you too. Now, a, a specific example, when I was studying for my route switch exam with my these three guys, Chad, Stephen, and, and Kyle, you know, one of the topics that I had a lot of issues with, with, with was multicast and specifically troubleshooting multicast. I, I reached out to the group and you know we were talking again, we were talking constantly, every day, all the time. And so to to really assist with troubleshooting multicast, these guys jumped over backwards to help me out. One of them set up a lab, multicast lab. We joined a WebEx. You know, they went in, we saw the lab, multicast was working, then they stopped sharing the screen and they broke it. And then they reshared the lab. And then I jumped in and you know on the fly, I'm trying to fix it while these guys are all looking at me, laughing at me, you know, like saying, hey, this is easy. You should fix it, you know. But, you know, they're being they're being supportive. They're helping me out. Uh, maybe not necessarily making fun of me, but it's it's a it's a supportive system. Um, and for me, being on a WebEx like that with those people watching me and not me not being able to figure it out showed me a different aspect of who I am and what I needed from a stress perspective for group exam. That's just a quick example, but there's hundreds of those examples in this group that we've had. A hundred of these, if not more, of these examples where 
one of us spun up a WebEx, spun up a lab. We brought in there. We all were in there. We all talked about the technology, both from a theory and implementation side of the house. And we walked through it together. And we really learned a whole bunch from each other. And I wouldn't go longer than I wanted to on that, but I think it's important. If you want to hear about my CCIE, RNS, experience, journey, strategy, whatever you want to call it, you can read all about it on my blog post, my CCIE RNS journey blog post at on zigbits.tech slash my dash CCIE dash RS dash journey. Again, that was zigbits.tech slash my dash CCIE dash RS dash journey. Cisco Live US 2016 was the first time that this study group was going to meet together. And really for me, Chad, Steven, and Kyle were the core of the study group for me. So while we, we had a lot of other people in our study group, these three and I were the ones that really studied together a lot. Uh, not a lot. We really were our own support system together within a bigger group of uh, people in the study group. Chad and Steven had met before at Cisco Live US uh, 2015, but this really was the first time the four of, four of us would be able to meet, hang out, and really talk face-to-face in years. We really hadn't met ever. Now, I say that, and, and it was like, literally, we got to Cisco Live 2016 in the U.S., and we were inseparable. I mean, we did as much together as possible between the, the technical sessions, uh, the customer appreciation event, the CCIE party, and then, of course, our work commitments. We had our own work commitments that we had to uphold, but we really did a lot together. And I can't tell you how many times we actually went to Midnight Pizza, which was amazing pizza. And in addition to us meeting and hanging out, a number of us brought our own spouses, right? So I brought my wife, Julie. She was there for the majority of the conference. Steven brought his wife, Katie. She was there for a little bit. Kyle brought his wife, Lauren, and she was there for the end of the conference. But we really kind of had a good, good portion of the time our our others our spouses were there and they got to meet each other they got to meet us it really gave our spouses a chance our our wives a chance to meet each other and us and really get an idea of who we really were i mean we were nerds right the nerds but um really get an idea of who their their husbands had been talking to for the last three years you know two and a half three years so it was a great experience it really was so the next thing that, that kind of I was looking forward to, um, this was the first time I would attend a Cisco Live as a CCIE. And it really was. It was the first time I was at a Cisco Live as a CCIE. Now I say that, but I was also a dual CCIE by this time, a dual CCIE. While it was the first time I was a CCIE, now I, I was also a dual CCIE. So for me, it it kind of made it was a big deal. I mean, I hadn't been to Cisco Live in 2015, and uh, you know, 2016 was a a big year for me going to Cisco Live and, and being a dual CCIE. Um, and, and you know, I also had been studying and, and attempting to, to pass the CCDE exam. So in in my mind, I had hoped that I would have passed that by then and could have been there with uh, two CCIEs and the CCD. But at this time, I had not passed the CCDE yet. So now. For anyone else that's a, a CCIE or a CCD, and I imagine that this would be the same for everyone, but getting your CCI ribbon or ribbons for the first time is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I don't think... Oh, I can't tell you what that meant for me first off, right? Being able to go to the certification lounge and then getting your ribbons, it, it feels like you've, you've achieved something 
um, even further than than you thought you would ever achieve, right? So, and it really makes things very different for you, in my opinion. At least it makes it different for me. It's like you've achieved a level of an expert, not just an expert certification, but you're really uh, in among the elite crowd within a, a conference, and it's shown on your badge. So you walk around, and you have you know your badges. Your CCIE, your CCD badge. Um, of course, you have the people that have, you know, eight badges or seven badges or even six badges. And, you know, but there's a ton of people that have one or two badges. And I mean, it's a big deal. It really is. And, and you're among this elite group of people. I don't think I will ever feel 100% whole at a Cisco Live event ever again until going, until the certification lounge is opened and my associated ribbons are attached. I mean, it, it's part of the whole thing now. I think like going to Cisco Live, like it doesn't officially start in my mind until you get your badges, kind of. Also, in while we're talking about the Cisco Certification Lounge, good segue. Last year there was an airbrushing tattoo station where you could get um a temporary tattoo of the certifications you have. And uh, I'm such a nerd. I I I personally such a nerd that I thought this was an awesome idea. I had them both. I had them put both uh, the CCIE RNS and CCIE SP tattoos on my arm, on my right arm, and um, I had my wife was taking pictures of it. Um, I was tweeting about it. I was so th- honestly thrilled about doing it, and um, I will post the pictures that I have in the show notes so everyone can see. But I really, really like this idea. Whoever had that idea, I thought it was a great idea. You'll see my arm with it. Moving again, moving into the. The next kind of the key thing that I think a lot of CCIEs kind of look for is um, the CCIE party, right? So there's a CCIE party um, every year at at Cisco Live. So Cisco Live uh, 2016, the CCIE party was a pool party outside in Vegas. So I have a little mixed feelings about a pool party outside in Vegas. I'm not trying to be totally negative on this. I did have some fun. Being that this was my first CCIE party, I really had some high expectations for the event as a whole. And some of the food was good. The drinks were there. The food was good. And, and some of the food wasn't the best, honestly. I didn't really care for it. Um, I'm not usually very picky on food, but I didn't think it was the best. Now, the biggest thing I have with the CCIE pool party was that I'm not sure a pool party was the best idea for the Vegas heat. It's a very hot uh out in Vegas at the time. I think there was days where it was 110, 115, 105, you know, and very humid, very hot. You know, being out in Vegas, I, I don't know if it was the best idea to have a pool party out there, but especially since we just we couldn't go into the pool to cool down. They wouldn't allow us in the pool. And I, I imagine there's safety require, safety reasons for not letting people in the pool. There's liability concerns and all that kind of stuff, but I'm just not sure a pool party was the best idea. Now, there were a ton of people there, there were a, lo- a lot of lines for everything, um, a lot of long lines for food, for the drinks, a- a- and so forth. So, you know, it took a little bit to get the food. It took a little bit to get drinks. Um, but honestly, it was a great opportunity to catch up with some of the people within this industry and to talk to some of the customers that were invited as guests. At this time, during Cisco Live US 2016, as it was scheduled, uh, again, this was about a year ago now. I had been heavily working towards the Cisco Certified Design Expert Certification. Like I mentioned about, above about how important I believe a study group is and that, that technical support system that 
having the same goal as as the person in that group with you. I was also in a CCDE study group with some highly technical people across the world. Not specifically like a subset of people in one specific location or country. The CCDE study group that I was in had people across the world in it. I mean, we had people in Australia in it. We have Europe. uh, We have people in Germany. We have people in so many different countries in this study group. And it really brought up a lot of different things that are done interesting with like how Europe handles things and how designs are very different overseas compared to they are in the U.S. gives a different perspective on designing and the use cases that uh, a good design fits between like the U.S. and and in Europe or Australia. For me, this Cisco Live 2016 gave me the opportunity to meet with a lot of these people in this study group. A lot of the people that I really, I, I honestly looked up to, and that I, I, I talked to every Saturday, Sunday. Uh, when we had our CCDE sessions, in most cases, I talked to them every day uh, for the last nine months or so. So some of the people that I, I was fortunate enough to meet at the Cisco Live were included Russ White, Daniel Dib, Elaine Lopez, Marwan Ashawi, Brad Edgeward, Yuri Lukin, and Jason Gooley. And some of these meetings were scheduled with uh, one-on-one meetings. Or meet the experts, and while others were more on the whim, chance, you know, like like I think Jason Gooley and I um, caught each other in the hall one time, and we started talking, and that's how we met. But like Russ White and, and Daniel Dib, we we found some time to sit down and, and meet since we're in the same study group. Elaine Lopez and Marwan Alshawi, we met in the certification lounge. Um, I had a meeting with Elaine, and Marwan was there, and then uh. Brad Edgeworth, I had a meet the expert with him. So, I mean, it's, I had a chance to meet these people. And that's kind of where I'm getting at there is that, you know, some of these meetings were scheduled and some of them weren't scheduled. They're kind of on a whim or a chance. There are always more people to meet is what I'm trying to get at. But there is never enough time to do everything you want to do at Cisco Live. So you really need to pace yourself for the entire week, right? You need to pace yourself. And, you know, if you want to meet some people and you want to talk to people, then you need to start kind of planning that now. Shh. Whisper Suites. Shh. So if you are not familiar with what a Whisper Suite is, so let me explain a little here. In my experience, a Cisco Whisper Suite is a NDA session with a specific group within Cisco. These sessions can be discussing a new top secret project that hasn't been released to the masses yet or to the market yet. It may never be. Or it can be a meeting with the corresponding business unit within Cisco on a current technology solution that is on the market. For this Cisco trip, this Cisco live trip for me, I attended a number of Cisco Whisper Suites on technologies, solutions that were already on the market. Now, these included Cisco IWAN, Cisco DNA, Cisco ACI, and Cisco ICE. Things that are heavily on the market right now, um, have great use cases to deploy and implement. Now, I really look forward to these Whisper Suites because it gives me the opportunity to provide both positive and negative criticism on these solutions with the groups that can make the needed changes. It also gives us a chance to freely discuss the roadmap of the technology solution in question, which allows us to strategically plan for the future. So what I mean by all this is like, we can have these free discussions with the business unit themselves on, let's say ICE. Maybe there's something in ICE that's a huge bug. We can discuss that with the business unit. With NDA there, we have a non-disclosure agreement. 
and we can discuss freely, hey, we have this issue. We have five customers that have this issue. You know, what's what's the roadmap to fix this issue or a workaround for this issue? And then, you know, we have these discussions. We go back and forth. We provide feedback and positive and negative feedback. And, and they can tell us, hey, yep, that'll happen. Or, you know, hey, that's not going to happen anytime soon. That's what I like to do. I like to be able to give that feedback because these are the people that can make that happen. The whisper suites are like Fight Club, honestly. You cannot talk about what happens and what is discussed in the whisper suite. I mean, you are under NDA, but they do exist. All right. Like I said, you are just you're just under a non-disclosure agreement or NDA, but they do exist. They are there and you can really give back to the Cisco community by helping out um, with these solutions and giving positive and honestly negative feedback too. the customer appreciate appreciation event last year was just honestly amazing. My wife and I, we like to go to concerts. We go to a, a number of concerts maybe a couple every year. We don't I mean we don't go to a ton. We're not we're not like in 10 every year. But we we like to go to a couple throughout the year. Um I know in the near future we're going to a train concert. My wife likes trains. So last year the customer appreciation event, they had Maroon 5. Honestly, it was just amazing. I, I don't know how else to explain it. Now, let me I'm going ahead of myself. So as we all entered the customer appreciation event venue, we were given the Cisco Live hat for that year. And I'll post a picture of the Cisco Live hat I received. And I honestly am not sure how the hat is going to get be done for Cisco Live 17. But the Cisco Live 16 hat, the US 16 hat, honestly was pretty cool. So it lights up. The one I have is blue. It's very blue and it's like a sparkly. Um, it's got Cisco Live on the front. And then on the back, it's got a button. And you can, you can have it so that it – like a strobe light kind of thing. It'll blink in a, in a specific pattern. It's kind of cool. I'll, I'll take I'll take a picture and I'll post it on the site so everyone can see it if you haven't seen it yet. And I know that there were two different colors. I think there was a silver and a blue. And I got a blue one, and I think my wife got a blue one as well. Um, she did give hers away um, on the way out to someone was asking for another so they could give it to their, their children. So we went ahead and let them um, have it. But yeah, no. So that that's the Cisco Live hat, right, for last year. It's like a cowboy hat, a blue cowboy hat, sparkly, and it has lights on it, lights up. So it's kind of cool. I actually kind of really like it. So that's the hat. I personally am not sure how this year's Cisco Live US 2017 customer appreciation event is going to top last year's. Maroon 5 really did a great job. Now, my wife, like I mentioned before, is we like concerts. My wife was and is a huge Maroon 5 fan. So we decided to get as close as possible to them as we could. Uh, we ended up on the floor right in front of the stage, which uh, on a, was a, honestly a great experience where we could uh, pretty much we we're like 10 feet away from from Maroon 5. So uh, really close. Now, I will say in hindsight, which is always 2020, we all say, we all say that, right? I was unaware of how long we would be standing for. As I've mentioned, and I think other people have recommended in the past, you know, Cisco Live, you need to prepare for how much walking you're going to be doing and how much standing. So, like, at this point for the Cisco, sorry, the customer appreciation event, my feet, oh, they were so sore and they were hurting from all the walking, all the standing. And by the end of the CAE, my feet were on fire. All oh, they hurt. I had to sit down, I had to stretch. Um, so, and, and honestly, sadly, this isn't my first time learning this lesson, but this lesson learned once again 
and this, like I said, it's not the first time. I need to wear comfortable shoes. And uh, next year, or this coming year, 2017, I need to find seats at the uh, customer appreciation event next year. Because this year, um, I don't want to make this mistake again for the third or fourth time. Honestly, uh, my my feet were so sore. So if you take anything out of that section of this podcast, make sure you wear comfortable shoes and start start practicing now for uh, standing and walking a ton. Because I mean, it's especially in Vegas, you're going to be walking so much. So just make sure you're, you're you have um, proper shoes and you're you're getting ready for it. And I would even go a step further. Make sure you're hydrating too. Um, drink a lot of water. Prepare. Um, but you're not going to be drinking as much water, I assume, when you get to the Cisco Live. You really want to make sure you're drinking a lot of water and you're hydrated because it is a hot area. I mean, Vegas is very hot. So just drink a lot of water, right? The keynotes are the next thing. I'm really only going to talk about Kevin Spacey here. So for Cisco Live 2016 in the U.S., um, this keynotes honestly were top-notch, uh, especially for an IT conference. Now, I'm going to talk about Kevin Spacey specifically because, honestly, hands down, the best I've ever seen. Again, I'm not sure how Cisco Live US 2017 is going to top Kevin Spacey. I've personally been a huge Kevin Spacey fan for years. So to, to have a chance to hear him speak in, in a venue like he did at Cisco Live 2016 really was a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And a lot of the things that, that he said really resonated within me. So it was a great opportunity to hear him. Uh, I think he spoke for about an hour. And uh, everyone was loving his uh, his presentation, his keynote. Um, everyone was cheering. It was really a great experience. Um, and, and picking him and having him um, do that keynote was a great a great decision for Cisco as a whole. So, so jumping into um, my Cisco Live US 2016 session schedule, right? So last year I had a, a lot of factors that went into my session schedule. So I also have some constraints. So we talk about design, right? And I'm going to throw that in there to kind of tie design into this. But um, for my session schedule, I had three goals. I had my goals were work-related. They were CCDE related. And then they were automation and orchestration related. So those were the three top goals for Cisco Live 2016 for me. Um, so every session had to roll into one or two of those goals. I tried to make them go into two and there were some cases where they would go into three, but that was the idea is they would go into two or three goals at a time. So work related, CCDE related or design related, if you want to call it that, and then automation and orchestration related. Now it's not easy to fill any Cisco live schedule with just one of these goals. Um, and having these three, I really need to, needed to address and overlap where possible, like I said. In addition to these goals, I had some personal constraints from the past. So I've been to Cisco Live a number of times um, in the U.S. only. And each time in the past, or sorry, there's been a couple times in the past where I have filled my schedule with sessions. Every every hour I had a session. Um, and I had four, five um, in some cases, six um, sessions throughout the day. And while a little naive at the beginning, this is a lot to take in. It's a lot of information. It's a lot of running around. And for me as an introvert, I really need time to recharge. I really need time alone 
in solitude to really recharge. So putting myself out there, it really takes a lot out of me. And meeting people and talking to people and going to presentations and, and you know the technical aptitude that you need for some of these technical discussions, it, it is draining. So I have a new rule that I've had for the last couple times I've gone to Cisco Live. And that rule is that I, I limit myself to a maximum of two to three sessions in a day. Right? I try to stay to two. There are other events, meetings, and really face-to-face time that is needed. And if, if I continue to book every waking minute in a session, I, I feel like I really will miss out on some of the other aspects of what Cisco Live is all about. You know, in, in its raw form, its raw basic form, Cisco Live is, is a networking event for networking people. So, and what I mean by that is that it's a, the traditional networking with what we do as a, as a career networking. So it is the traditional networking event for what we do career-wise networking people, right? We're all networking people. We all work in IT in some fashion. We do networking. We work with Cisco hardware and Cisco software. So that's what I mean by that. And then the, the traditional networking aspect where you're meeting people, you're talking to people, you're making relationships, um, you're building a, a, a base of people to discuss things with, um, you're having technical discussions, um, and, and, you know, maybe arguments at times, debates, better word, maybe debates, you know, that, that's what I'm talking about where it's the traditional kind of basic form networking event for us, right? For us as IT people. So, so I'm going to go through kind of high level my, my session schedule from Monday through Thursday for the entire week last year. Um, now, you know, you can go through the show notes. Again, they're going to be at zigbits.tech slash CLUS 16 dash recap. So um, I always like to go to the any troubleshooting sessions I can find. Um, so I did have troubleshooting BGP. Um, that is um, BRKRST. Um, 3320. So I think that's break, breakout session for routing and switching. Uh, 3320. I think that's what it stands for. Um, and then I also went to another troubleshooting session on multicast. That was a breakout IPM. So I think that's a breakout session for IP multicast 2264. And again, I have all the links for these in the show notes. Um, so those are my two troubleshooting sessions. I'm a big fan of troubleshooting. Um, and I think it's important. I think it, keeping it up to speed is important. Um, and some of these uh, presenters were extremely uh, extremely good at troubleshooting and extremely good at presenting. Um, the next one, and honestly, I'm mentioning it because it's. I think it's probably the one of the best sessions at Cisco Live, but it does cost extra money. So in the show notes, I'll denote that. I'll make a note that it does cost extra money. It's not included in the conference pass. But I went to the LTR, then that's lecture for the CCDE, and that is 3006. It was CCDE Lab lecture. It's a four-hour session, and you actually go through kind of a a snippet of a practical or the the CCD practical exam or lab exam. And uh, for me, this was probably the most important session I went to the entire week. Um, again, it did cost money. I don't remember how much money it is. And I don't remember if next year it'll be the same price. So, But I did that, and that was extremely beneficial. You will see a number of IWAN sessions in my schedule. I, I was really focused on IWAN last year. I've been focused on IWAN since IWAN came out. So again, in case anyone doesn't know, um, Cisco IWAN is Cisco Intelligent WAN. It's uh, Cisco's 
software-defined WAN solution, at least one of them. Cisco does have Meraki IWAN as well. So um, I did go to uh, breakout uh, CRS. Um, I think that's core routing or something. I don't know. BRKCRS-2002. And that was IWAN Design and Deployment Workshop. That was a really good session as well. I, I really enjoyed that session. The other two, uh, did I, go to, I think I went to two other IWANs. No, just one more IWAN, sorry. No, I did yeah, two IWANs. So that was IWAN Design and Deployment Workshop. I then went to um, breakout session for route switch. That was BRKRST-3413. And that was IWAN Serviceability, Deploying, Monitoring, and Operating. Right. And then the other IWAN session was uh, BRKCRS-2007, migrating your existing WAN to Cisco's IWAN. And that was one of the best sessions um, the week, honestly. Uh, now, I did skip a few in the timeline here. Um, I did go to a ACI session, breakout ACI-2225, automating operational tasks in Cisco ACI. So again, automation and orchestration being a big uh goal of mine for the entire week. I did go to a DevNet session, uh, DevNet-2034, coding for network controllers, APEC EM hands-on coding. You know, APEC EM has gotten a lot of traction over the last year or so, um, and then also before uh, Cisco Live 2016. So going to this was extremely beneficial, seeing what was uh, there at the time of 2016 and then what has happened since then. It's been really amazing. And then the last session I kind of went to that was on my calendar um, was uh, BRK DCN. I think that's Data Center Networking. So Breakout Data Center Networking-2020. Real World EVPN VXLAN Deployment and Migration. Which, um, again, that goes into that automation and um, automation and orchestration. We're talking about EVPN and VXLAN. Uh, again, it's tying a lot of things together. So that was the sessions that I picked for my schedule. Again, trying to trying to keep things minimal, minimalized, um, not over-scheduling myself and over-extending myself, but really trying to, to be smart about what I was choosing. Um, and again, my goals were work-related, design-related, and then automation and orchestration-related. And some of these, as you could probably tell, fit a lot of those buckets together. A couple of them fit specifically one bucket. Now, the next section is going to be specifically on network design sessions, right? So these could be CCDE slash network design specific sessions. Now, I'm going to plan to do this every year moving forward. So this session list is not going to be a fully inclusive session. I'm not going to have every single design session. I'm not going to have every session that could fit in the design bucket, right? This list is my own personal take on the sessions that were presented last year that fit the areas that I needed help in the most. So what I recommend everyone do, right? If you're looking at network design, you're either looking at the CCDE or you're looking to augment your network design experience and knowledge, then, you know, track it, right? Do some sort of tracking. The CCDE practical has a tracking document. Uh, the blueprint, there is a tracking document for all technologies. So that's what I had used to help me kind of pinpoint my weak areas or the areas that I needed some more or I felt that I needed more help on and that's how I came up with this list now some of these you'll see that I did take and some of them I did not take because again I didn't want my Cisco Live experience last year to be fully focused on the CCD I really wanted to be focused on a, a three-prong kind of approach so real quick 
Um, there are two paid for sessions. The first one is TEC CCDE-3005. It is the CCDE, also the Cisco Certified Design Expert. Um, and I will denote these two that are paid on the show notes so you can see them. Again, the show notes are going to be uh, uh, at zigbits.tech slash CLUS16-recap. So this first one on the CCDE is an overview at a high level of what the CCDE is. It's a, I think it's a, I think it was a four-hour session. Um, now this is the only session I could not find the link for. Don't know if it. I didn't actually attend this session. Did not pay for it. Did not attend it. So it might be I just don't have the ability to look at it. But I could not find a link for it. Now between the years, Cisco does change some of the links and some of the names some of these sessions so like if you look for 2017 since it's just around the corner now if you look at cisco live 2017 the session titles might be a little different they might be a little change uh, like some changes in it there might be different uh identifier for the title you know it might not be 3005 as the uh session id it might be you know 3007 or 4005 i don't know they might be different so just keep that in mind but this session was um a four-hour session on kind of what is the CCDE, right? And then the second session that was paid that I, I recommend here is the LTR CCDE. And this is the lab tectorial is what it stands for. Uh, it's um, again, LTR CCDE-3006. And this was the CCDE lab. So this is the one I mentioned before that I took that um, was a four hour session with Elaine Lopez, Bruce Pinsky, and then Yuri Lukin. And they gave a presentation and they also gave a, a couple hour CCDE kind of practical session where you had a chance to go through a scenario, answer questions in the scenario, and then they went over a few of those questions afterwards. Uh, and hands down, hands down, this was the best session, one of the best sessions, as I said before, that I had the entire week for, for Cisco Live 2016. The next I have listed here, and I'm not going to list off the, all the um, identifiers. I'll just list the titles of the, the sessions. You can look at the links in the show notes. Uh, next one is uh, VPC Best Practices and Design on NX OS. Then we had a Data Center Network Failure Detection. WAN Architectures and Design Principles. Enterprise Campus Design, Multi-Layer Architectures Design Principles. Uh, Campus QoS Design Simplified. Branch office wireless LAN design. And then finally, designing ICE for scale and high availability. Now, like I said at the beginning of this section, these sessions, these, these, this list is my list of things that I felt I needed to go to if I could fit them into my schedule. Um, now, you'll notice a lot of these didn't get fit into my schedule. So what I had done is I had gone back to a lot of these after Cisco Live 2016 and, and watched the presentations, or took the PDF down, went through the slides, and, and kind of went through all these things to, to, to learn what they were about. So you really have to determine yourself which one you want to go to and which ones you don't want to go to. So those are the, the network design-specific sessions. So now we're going to go into top sessions for Cisco Live US 2016. So each year after Cisco Live US, uh, I plan to list off my top three to five sessions from that year. For 2016, here are the top three sessions. So I'm kind of putting them in this order because of the fact that one of them was paid for. If we forget that one was paid for and it wasn't something, it, it was free. If it was free, I would have done 
it as number one. But because you had to pay more for it, um, I put it as number three. I think it because you had to pay for it, it's a different type of uh, session, right? So the first one was multicast troubleshooting. You know, BRK IPM-2264 multicast troubleshooting. And I mentioned in another section earlier that um, multicast and multicast troubleshooting was one of my weakest points going down the CCIA RNS path. And so every chance I can to approve my weaknesses is, is a benefit for me. And this session was amazing. The presenter was uh, Denise Fishburn, also known as Fish in the community. And she just does an amazing job. And this this... The content in this session was great. It was amazing. And um, I would go and watch this session again and again and again, honestly. The follow-on session after that was migrating your existing existing WAN to Cisco's iWAN, right? And this was um, Brad Edgeworth and Monty Ganazine. So their session on migrating your existing WAN to Cisco iWAN, that was a really good session. They went through all the different migration paths. Greenfield and Brownfield, they really gave a good understanding of how to migrate your current existing WAN to a Cisco, to Cisco's iWAN, and it was a good session overall. Uh, the presentation, the presenters themselves did a great job. The content was great. Um, this is why this one kind of made that that top three list. And then, as I mentioned it before, and I mentioned it a couple times, the third one here is the the CCD Lab that was a paid for session, four hours long. I got the most personally out of this session out of any other session that was there. Elaine and Bruce and Yuri really did a great job. They, I think they do this every year, and they really did, hands down, a really good job of this session. And um, again, I got the most out of that session specifically. Top presenters list for Cisco Live US 2016. So again, same concept as the top sessions list. Each year after Cisco Live, I plan to list off my top three to five presenters from that year. Um, and here are the top three presenters from Cisco Live 2016. So the first one is Denise Fishburn. So Denise Fishburn, or Fish, I, I usually just call her Fish, one of the best presenters I've ever seen. Uh, technical presenters, not just, um, you know, so I think there's a different aspect of a presenter. There's a presenter that can present on something not technical um, or salesy or unrelated to technology. And then you start talking about technology and technology present presenting uh Presenting technology is a skill. It is a skill that not a lot of people have. And uh, Fish, she has the skill. She's one of the top presenters um, that I've ever fortunately been able to see. Um, and, and I will go out of my way to see her presentation, any presentation she has. So this presentation fit two things. She was doing the presentation on multicast troubleshooting. It was a great presentation. And then she's the one that did it. So I got two birds with one stone there. I got to see multicast troubleshooting. And I also got to see Fish present, which, again, I go out of my way every Cisco Live to see her present. She really is a great presenter. The next person on the list is Brad Edgeworth. Uh, Brad is a um, – I met Brad last year, and he, he is a really, really smart, smart guy, very technical Taking his technical knowledge and being able to present it in the sessions that he had. Um, now, the session that I was with him on was the migrating your existing WAN to Cisco iWAN. And um, the way he presented that, I have not heard it that way ever until that point. And he really made it very clear, very concise. His presentation was spot on and the way he explained it um, was great. So the content in the presentation was good. And then the way he actually explained the technical stuff, the technical backing behind the presentation and understanding was, was also pretty good. In addition to his presentation, I also did a, a meet the expert with Brad and we went into some really detailed 
design use cases or design situations for Cisco IWAN um, with different transport layers and different transport mechanisms. Um, so, and, and also his EAM script uh, for remote spokes to transition them from connecting directly to uh, their provider link to using a front door VRF. Uh, it was a lot of good stuff, and I, um, you know, I've read Brad's book. It's a great book. So I mean, Brad, all around great guy, uh, all around really a great presenter. And I would go out of my way to um, watch one of his presentations again. Maybe not the exact same one, of course. Uh, try to be mindful of what I'm scheduling, but um, something specifically different would be good. Um, and then finally, the last person on the list, and I'm gonna butcher his name too, and I'm sorry. I think you pronounce it Vinay or Vinny. Uh, it's a uh, Vinit Jane. Now, he did the troubleshooting BGP session at the beginning of the week. And I honestly have not have not heard troubleshooting BGP the way that he did it. It, it was a great perspective on how to troubleshoot BGP. I, I, if you haven't seen it yet, I would go ahead and go on to Cisco Live 365 and uh, jump on that session and really go through it, hands down. One of the best ways of troubleshooting BGP really opened my eyes to some of the, the ways of troubleshooting. And, and before... Fish's session and, and Vinit's session on troubleshooting, I really honestly thought I was good at troubleshooting. I thought troubleshooting was one of my top skill sets. Understanding the technology, understanding the theory, and being able to troubleshoot it. Both Fish and Vinay, they they honestly have changed my, my thought process on my personal views of troubleshooting. And then also, they've given me another kind of bar to reach. So in summary, there were a lot of events, sessions, and meetings that I had been looking forward to that didn't upset at uh, Cisco Live 2016. Uh, our CCI study group had a lot of fun together. We ate a ton of food at buffets. We went into a ton of buffets. We went to a good amount of top-notch technical sessions, had a ton uh, of um, impromptu technical discussions on the fly in, in like the hallways and whatnot. And then we really just had a chance to let our nerd and geek sides flourish fly. Um, even our wives had a lot of fun as well. It was really a great experience all around. Um, now, I do have to say one thing. Uh, there was some months after Cisco Live 2016, um, our CSI study group and our, even our, our families, we were we termed this the Cisco Live sickness, the Cisco Live um, depression. Uh, we, I mean, we, we had a lot of issues after Cisco Live with withdrawals, feeling blah, depression. Um, and I'm not saying it was like serious depression, but really kind of missing out on you know, that, that interaction that we had at Cisco Live. We did so much together in such a small period of time that it felt like we just, you know, we our systems kind of got a shock of, hey, everything's amazing. We're having so much fun. And then it was like, oh, back to normal. And like our system had a huge like shutdown for a while after we left Cisco Live. So we all kind of talked about that afterwards. We had a great experience, great time. And, um, you know, hopefully Cisco Live 26, 2017, we can uh, kind of have those six same same experiences again. You can find the show notes this episode at zigbits.tech, CLUS16-recap. You can follow the show on Twitter and LinkedIn by searching for Zigbits. You can subscribe to the Zigbits Network Design Podcast on all of your podcast apps like iTunes and Podcast Addict. I personally like to use Podcast Addict on my Android phone. If you would like to provide feedback to the show or suggest new content, you can send an email to feedback at zigbits.tech. As always, I'm Zig from the Zigbits Network Design Podcast. Thank you for listening and have a great day.